and it's become huge because it's sometimes the, the coaches and the, the front offices, they don't have as much, I guess, power as the players. You know, the players are so friendly, man. I think in the past it was like, you know, Jordan probably didn't go out searching and trying to get guys to come join him. You know, it was like they was competing against each other. Now it's, well, they got three stars on their team, so I know this guy and that guy. I'm going to try to get them to come to my team, so I think you see it a lot more now where it's just players recruiting players is more powerful than a, a pitch meet with the team. It was just, that's just what it is now. So, I mean, it's a huge part of it's a huge part of the game now. Let's try this again. Wanda Sykes face. Shaquille O'Neal face. Bobby Kuchar. What are you doing on a Friday? Yo, we're married. Almost mid-30s. Multiple children. Speak for yourself. Well, you have more than one, so that's kind of a multiple. Mm Um, a Jace, multiple Jace. Yeah. I ain't doing nothing on a Friday night. So you're saying you're washed? Pretty much. Yeah, okay, well, I am too. Friday is the kickback night after doing my kids' school is crazy, so they've had crazy summer homework after doing homework all week. Remind you of something? Huh? To remind you of your, your your childhood? Yeah, I don't remember us having that much, like, summer work. I think they would give us, like, a little read this book and come back with a book report in September. But they have, like, real, like, summer packets. It's, like, manuals. It's, like, a lot of work. So we're doing, we're still doing schoolwork in July. Still got to feed them, run, run around chasing them because all four are here in the house. So, I, like, Friday is a kickback night. Mel comes home. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stage I'm at right now. It's like, your turn. <laughs> the, the relief. So what's happening with you? What, what are you doing? On, what are you doing on this fine summer evening? Yeah. I'll tell you how washed I am. I am outside of a convocation. Nothing exciting. Nothing exciting. I am outside. That'll be my my story next week. Yeah. Yeah. People probably listen to this turning out of disgust at how boring we are. Sorry, guys. This is it is what it is. I mean, did you even have a clubbing experience, or did you care? To club? I never cared to club because I don't like crowds of people. Okay. And like a crowd plus alcohol, you know, belligerent, and like that's just not a recipe that I desire to be in. Like that's not my idea of fun. So clubbing was never appealing to me. I always avoided clubs. I think I've been to one real club like my entire adult life that was the weekend before maybe two weekends before I got married my job sent us to Atlantic City and we went to like one of those nightclubs that they have in the hotel and it was really fun like 
I was like, okay, this is cool. But that's not something that I would do every weekend. Some people do it Friday, Saturday. Like, that's not my vibe. I'll take it in, in, in small doses. You know what I mean? Like, when I went, we had a lot of fun. Dance, act crazy, you know. Can't remember the night. That's also not fun to me. Like, <laughs> not remember what you did. Nah, that's not for me. But it was cool. It was cool. Would you say you have social anxiety? Now, now I'm playing therapist. Would you say you have social anxiety? I don't think I have social anxiety. I don't like to be like touched, bumped. You're perspiring, and then that's on me. And you know, your hands are moving, and then that's touching a certain part of my body that I'm not really comfortable with. It's just a lot of variables. I don't think it makes me anxious. I just I don't like people in general. Like if I could just be by myself. <laughs> I'm very cool, like, being a recluse. Like, I just don't like people. Can't wait to the live show where we do a meet and greet and all the people want to take a picture with you. And I'm not doing no meet and greet. Yep. Shaking hands. That's happening. With strangers. That's happening. Uh, no. That's happening. That's Sorry, happening. guys. Got to meet Hollywood and his family. Can't wait for that lovely day when that that white person shows up smelling like wet dog and wants to hug you. <laughs> oh, man. That is not something I look forward to. Man. People are probably saying that's racist. You got dang right it's racist. because that's They're the ones that well, you smell like. Well, white people smell like wet dog, so I don't know what to tell you. That's just fact. I'm sure they, they get it, too. I, <laughs> I actually... I've been in work scenarios where management has had to tell grown people that they need to take personal hygiene into consideration, which is disturbing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, you're an adult. Like, you're a fully grown a person. A whole grown adult. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. Just wash. And someone else has to tell you that, hey, can you, psst, come here. Next time, you know, keep some Max in your car. <laughs> Someone has to tell you that. You just be mindful of everyone's nostrils and, you know, like, come on, bro. Who raised you niggas? I, I wasn't expected to be here, but when I was temping, I used to work for this place on Wall Street, and I avoided this one guy because you know how somebody looks like they smell? They don't even have to smell, but they look like they smell. Yeah, that was the guy that worked like accounting, and I had to get my um, time card signed by him. When I found out there was somebody else that I could go to, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm good on you, fam. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Some people you can just tell from a distance. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, a little stereotype, but you know. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Uh, I wasn't planning on starting there. But anyway, uh, Dame opened us up with something that I want to just breeze through. Y'all thought NBA postseason was over. Ha! Ha! ha. <laughs> it's showing you. I don't even know when this is going to end. I feel like every. Yeah, I feel like there's more moves to be made. This is never ending. 
Dame's opening thing uh, is going to kind of lead us into multiple topics. But Dame's opening statement, he's pretty much saying, talking about um, Jordan in the old days. And that's a conversation in itself where I'm under the same belief that, like, those days are gone where people didn't want to compete against each other anymore, don't want to compete against each other anymore. They want to team up. And Dame was saying, like, it's pretty much part of the pitch now where a player recruiting another player, a player has more power than management that's recruiting another player. And I don't think that's ever more present and then in this current NBA offseason, I mean, everybody's been talking about duos that's been formed. You run down the list, you got AD and LeBron. You got KD and Kyrie. You got the Claw and Paul George. You got reunited uh, Harden and Westbrook. Brody and the Bears. When Clay's healthy and comes back, you got Clay and Seth, but that's not something that was over a uh, trade. That was built through the draft, which we're also going to get back to. But how do you feel about Westbrook, uh, the wash bomb, uh, him going <laughs> going to Houston? <laughs> I, I heard a crazy stat somewhere that, like, Westbrook and Harden were, like, one and two in, like, ball dominance, the number of touches – that they have is like the most out of every active player in the NBA. I I just I don't know how it how it would work. I I can't see it. I saw that James Harden said Russ knows how I play and I know how he plays. Like that was a long time ago. And for what it's worth, Russell's game may not have developed, but James definitely did. And to have the both of them in the backcourt, I don't know. That was also I, I, pre-MVPs for both of them. When both right, of them... Right, they were basically kids. Yeah. When, you know, playing back in OKC together. And James was a sixth man. He wasn't, you know, the face of a franchise like he is now. He wasn't MVP James like he is now. Like, he's really grown from his years in OKC. And, you know, granted, Russell Westbrook has... Uh, received an MVP award, and you know he he had a great great season that year. That KD left, and he was just it was just like him with a bunch of nobodies, and they managed to like make the eighth seed or something like that in the playoffs. They got knocked out in the first round, but it was a valiant effort. He averaged a triple double. That was his first season averaging a triple double. Took that team to the playoffs. You know he had a great year, but like stylistically, he hasn't really developed. He doesn't have a three point shot. That's really the game of the NBA today. Um, he's not a great free throw shooter. And, like, I just I, – I can't see how he fits. in Houston, like, they're, they're, their thing is to shoot. You run up and you shoot threes. Like, that's been there almost since D'Antoni has been there. Where he fits that, I don't know. Um, maybe if James wasn't there, I could see, like, a dynamic with – just, you know, him and Eric Gordon because Eric Gordon could shoot and he could defend. And then you got Clint Capella in the front court. You could do a lot of pick and roll action there. But it's not that simple because James is there and he's ball dominant. So I don't I don't know. I want to see how this one plays out. I don't think D'Antoni even has like a clue. He's probably just going to be like, yeah, go 
get the ball, whoever has it, just run. When does he know. ever have a clue? Yeah, like he, the, like D'Antoni doesn't have a clue. So I don't know how they're going to, I don't know. They are actual friends. Is like one of uh, Westbrook's very few friends in the league. He has about a handful of them. Um, so him and James are friends, so they have that dynamic going for them. But, yeah, I don't – other than that, I – and it's got to be weird for Westbrook, you know what I mean? Like, he spent his life, like his entire basketball life in that city um, for that franchise, given everything, and it's always been – uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, even when KD was there, it was like this kind of a power struggle dynamic between him and KD, who's the alpha here. And it always just seemed to be Russ, which is why he was the only one left, you know, from that, 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 that big four that they had. So for him to go to Houston, which is somebody else, clearly somebody else's team, a brand new city that, you know, hasn't really embraced him. He's not from that area. He didn't go to school in that area. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really like a foreign land to him. I'm interested to see how that part, if that at all affects his game and, you know, how he approaches the season. Mm-hmm. Because that's got to be, you know, awkward in and of itself. I remember when uh, the Lakers traded Lamar Odom, and it was just like that's really the thing that sent him spiraling into, you know, his drug addiction it, because it was like he couldn't fathom being outside of that organization. Like he had spent – a few years there, they won some championships. He had friends, you know, that was like his home. That was his basketball home. And then when they traded him, it was just like so devastating. And I can just imagine how Russ is feeling. Like, he could have left when KD left. Like, nah, I ain't, I ain't finna stay here. Like, <laughs> this ain't gonna work for me. And it hasn't. Like, they've been out of the playoffs in the first round every year since KD has gone. He's pretty much put unnecessary miles on his body because he's had to put that franchise, he has to put that team on his back, except for when Paul George came in. Even that first year with him and Mello, it was still kind of awkward. Didn't know where to fit in, and it didn't work again. And then he kind of deferred to PG last season, and PG had that explosive MVP-type season, and then he got hurt, and then Russ had to revert back to his old ways of ball dominance, you know, low-efficiency scoring. But that's been his... He's always had that okay. He's always had the battery in his back to just do him because he's been faithful and loyal to that city, to that franchise for all these years. And now he's in a totally different market, team, everything that's not his. He's not the alpha. He's definitely, you know what I mean? I just want to see if that at all affects his game. Um, you, you spoke on a lot in terms of uh, the situation uh, with Russ and James, what I think is going to be interesting is uh, one, at least he's getting his money tax free. Ain't no tax in uh, Houston. Yeah, no state tax, yeah. Um, but what's interesting or what's going to be interesting is how he's going to go from being numero uno to now trying to figure out and, you know, all the memes of them trying to fight over the ball and all that other stuff. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see how Houston as a whole, how they play in the West, because it, it literally it's going to be the West killing each other and whoever mm-hmm. in the East is going pretty much waltz into the finals without a, a scratch. All right. 
you brought up the Paul George in OKC, and we didn't really get into Paul George last week. But we're gonna we, we, that's the next stop on this. But I'm interested to see how how Russ and James play. You did mention he's put a lot of miles on his body. Although 30, uh, Russ plays hard, and he's played hard. Mm-hmm. Every season, without needing uh, load management from mm-hmm. quarter one to however many overtimes it takes, it's going to be interesting to see how he maintains that. I know he's young. Uh, I saw somebody say uh, Chris Paul got exiled uh, to the Night's Watch to live out the rest of his day. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, CP has got to be Sick right now. Yeah, yeah. Sick. That's what that's what is interesting about this whole thing is Paul George is like this this glue that's tying everything together. He went to OKC. He told Russ and them that they he was going to re up his contract, and him and Russ was about to take over. Then Kawhi manages to. Talk to him after he wasn't even the first option for Kawhi. He was like third on the list. After Kawhi couldn't get nobody else, he talks to PG. PG demands a trade, and Sam lets PG go. I don't know what Sam Presti is on or relationship he has in Oklahoma. Fire that nigga. This nigga's letting everybody walk. Just go wherever you want to go. You want to go someplace? Go wherever you want to go. It's okay. Fire that nigga. Um... I saw a report saying that when when Dame waved them off, bye bye. Uh, Russ went back home, and his agency, his agent, approached the front office of the Thunder with possible trade talks. So that's what the people are saying. I mean, reports. It, you know what I mean? Like you never know if this stuff is. Sticks. So um, I'm thinking, because you mentioned Paul George, um, if Russ was the first to initiate this and maybe, you know, Paul George got wind of it a little bit because, you know, things never really remain in secrecy unless you're Kawhi Leonard in his camp. Um, maybe Paul George got wind of it, you know, and then when Kawhi called him, it was like, all right, yeah, here's my opportunity. That's one scenario. Um as to why maybe Sam was like, yeah, sure. Like, we can get this thing rolling. Russ already, you know, approached me about possible trades. I can get you out of here. I can get Russ out of here. We can start rebuilding this thing. Um, cool, let's do it. So that could, be, that could be a reason as to why Sam, because he went, apparently Paul George went to them at like, on like a Tuesday or something, and by Saturday morning, the trade was finalized. So it was like, oh, like... <laughs> You know, because Anthony Davis requested a trade, and Dave's like, yeah, okay. Go sit down. Have a seat. <laughs> like, like, And that took, like, a year. You know what I mean? But it took Sam. Sam was, like, in a couple of days, and they, they got it done. So maybe it was the rest thing that kind of got the ball rolling on it. I don't know. We may never really know the truth. But that was a very quick turnaround, you know, for someone to ask for a trade. And by 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 the end of the business week, it's like, hey, yeah, we got that trait that you requested, even though you have three more years left on your contract with us. Sure, you can go. 
Yo. It's very it's a very odd story. The whole thing is just really odd. Fifteen draft picks. I used to think the Celtics were a stockpile draft pick. Fifteen first Seven. round draft picks OKC has got out of these these deals just in the offseason. Um Yeah. What's Paul George at some point in time, and I think today's gonna be that time, he's gotta get some blame. Um you can't talk about KD joining up with a 73-win team. You can't talk about LeBron uh, joining Wade without mentioning Paul George's, I want to say, whole, like, because that's what it seems like, whorish tendencies to want to team up with Westbrook and then so easily be swayed <laughs> to go with Kawhi. I mean, not for nothing also, Kawhi needs to be brought up in these conversations when people start to talk about, oh, Jordan ain't the, um, not Jordan, LeBron isn't the GOAT because he went, you know, he teamed up with D-Wade and and then he went and got Kyrie and K-Love and then he's got Anthony Davis now and he was trying to get, like, Kawhi was doing the same thing. It just wasn't on the the scale that LeBron was doing it because LeBron was pretty public. Like, he was like, yeah, sure, I'd love Anthony Davis to be here. It was like, it's no secret. He's just very vocal about it, but for Kawhi to have a list of people to be like, "Hey, yeah, I want to go to the Clippers. Would you come with me?" It's like that's kind of corny too, Kawhi. <laughs> it's it's very corny and it's desperate because, and that's why I don't get that's what I don't get about Paul George. If you aren't even a man's first option, but you're like the what's left, the scraps, because everybody else made up their mind. Why are you like, nah? I got a good situation here. Like if. So would this change if Kawhi doesn't win that ring? Are you more apt to stay with Russ because it's like, yeah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. But the 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 Kawhi thing and people were saying that maybe L.A. was his game plan all along, even when he was in San Antonio, saying that he wanted to go to L.A. and hoping that um hoping that he would land in the Clippers because everybody else kept talking about the Lakers and he really had no intention of ever going to the Lakers, but was hoping by him saying, yeah, I want to go to the Lakers that they traded him to the Clippers. And that's where he really wanted to go to begin with. It's an interesting theory, but um, yeah, like Kawhi, it's always, his end game has always been Los Angeles. Like that's where he's from. Um, when he wanted out of San Antonio, that was one of the destinations that, you know, he wanted to, to play at. And um, I think I think he wanted to go to the Lakers, but then LeBron came, because remember he was asking all of this before LeBron even went out west. So I'm thinking he would want to go to the to the Lakers, although they're a little bit more unstable. They have been showing a lot of instability over the past decade, more so than the Clippers ironically, um, post-Donald Sterling. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, he's been playing this all along, and it was it was always L.A. I think it was the Lakers, but then, you know, seeing LeBron there and, and A.D., it was kind of like, all right, this is overkill. Um, you know, the Clippers have a better situation anyway. They're a little bit more stable. The coach is better. Front office is better. Um, they're doing a lot a lot of good things. The team is better. The team is a little more stable, a little younger. Um, so I think ultimately he picked the Clippers and like, you know, he, he just knew that he wouldn't be able to do it 
alone in the West. Like it would be completely different than what he did with the Raptors. Um, so he he knew that he had to have somebody there with him, and he that nigga just went on a recruiting scout. Like, all right, let, let's let's see, let's go up and down this free agency list. That's disgusting. That's <laughs> nasty. Was. Yo, it's real. It's really nasty. It's like, come on, bro. Come on. Oh, KD's going here. Oh, Kyrie's going here. Oh, uh, AD went here. Oh, Paul George. Let's give Paul a call. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get Paul George in the line. See if he comes. You know what's even nasty about that? What's nasty about that is that he had to move his meeting in LA to be closer to Paul George so that he can talk to Paul. Yeah. That's so. (laughs) That's so nasty. It was diabolical. It was like, yo, Kawhi did all of this. Had them delay the trade, the AD trade. Had them move the meeting about an hour away from where the original meeting was supposed to be, so he could be closer to PG. It's like, yo, nasty, nasty, Kawhi, you're nasty. (laughs) You're nasty. You're a nasty nigga, Kawhi. Like, come on. That's nasty. But um. All that does not uh, overshadow the genius that is Jerry West. Uh, please, please yeah. don't ever change the NBA logo. I'm begging Adam Silver, yeah. whoever's yeah. in charge, please don't ever change the NBA logo. Okay. From being a player to management, I have seen nobody that has had a grip on basketball overall. Yeah. Just, just a mind for the game. Like the yeah. logo, um, on the court in the front office, the Shaq, Shaq and Kobe joint. Before you even get to Shaq, Katie. Before you even get to Shaq, him trading for Kobe on that draft night. Yeah. To yeah. even setting up, um, Kobe and Shaq being a thing, him getting Kobe on draft night, and pretty much swindling the Hornets. For just Hornets ain't been the same since. Vladi Diva. Vladi Diva. Like crazy. He did that. Brought Shaq over from um, Orlando. He got KD to come to Golden State. He got Durant. Yep. And now he's packaged the Clippers to be in a position, and it's amazing that we're still talking about the the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't think yep. the Clippers have gotten this much shine since Blake and uh, CP3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very impressive. And even if, even last season, them making what, AC? With nobody really? Lou? Like, I know two people on that team, Lou and Pat Beverly. I don't know the rest of them niggas. Those guys that they traded to OKC, I don't know who those kids are. Like, Gallinari, I think I, yeah, I think he was one of them. The rest of them, I don't know them. But they grinded out. Made the playoffs. Pushed uh, Golden State six games. It's been impressive. Like, what more can you say? It's It's been an impressive, even after, you know, the Chris Paul thing and Blake Griffin trading Blake Griffin to Detroit. I didn't think there would be anything. It would be like, all right, Clippers, Clippers gonna Clipper. 
but nah, they've been here. They've been here. And that, the, the defense on that team, yo, if, like, just think about it, though. End of the game. Close game. Who are you going to defend? You got Kawhi in there. You got PG in there. You got uh, Lou Williams. You got three defenders on your team that you could just throw out these, those three guys? Fam. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I, I thought you were going the other way and say who you like you got Beverly um or who's even scoring? Yeah. That's what I, that's where I thought you was going. Who's going to score when you got Beverly, Paul George and Kawhi defending uh when it really matters yeah. under 2 minutes like yeah. Either scenario it's kind of yeah ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. League pass is a, a, a must. Yeah, definitely. It's a must. Um, yeah. Does this, does this uh, Westbrook thing change where you see the West or? Oh, uh, well... You got to take OKC out. <laughs> We're not talking about OKC hey, for the next, I don't even know how many years. Yeah. They may not ever get probably back like, yeah, It might be like four or five years, I would I would say. At least for those draft picks to kind of, you know, come into fruition. It'll, it'll be a while. They draft well. They, they've been drafting pretty good. So out of all of those, what is it, 15 picks over the next six years, I'm pretty sure they'll get, two franchise type of players out of that. But you're talking about a small market again. It's not like it was desirable because Russ was there. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. They're gonna struggle for for the next five years. They are. They are. But um especially when you have like the Sooners, you know what I mean? Like that's a football (laughs) town anyway. Like you got a lot of competition in the NCAA. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, they're gonna struggle financially, but uh, yeah, I I would give them five years for all of this to kick in and and, and make sense. But definitely taking them out of the playoff picture. Um, it's too much talent on Houston to say that they won't make the playoffs, but it's also a very weird like chemistry type of thing. So I can't put them that high up. Um, it looks good on paper, but we gotta see it. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta see it. I need to see what Russ is gonna do. I need to see the attitude that he's gonna bring to like is he gonna bring that tenacity that he always had um when he would play with the Thunder or is he gonna be like, you know, a little bit passive and just let me fit in wherever I can and, you know, contribute here and there wherever I can. Like what type of attitude is he gonna approach the season with? Um so if we take OKC out, who's gonna go in? I'm gonna say the Pelicans. First year, okay. Yeah, I got the Pelicans. Uh, did you see Zion in the summer league? I saw Zion for one game, and uh, it's the same thing I saw when he was. Yeah, they pulled him. Yeah, they pulled him. He like banged his knee on somebody or something. They're like, "Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> that's enough." Hey, hey Zion, Zion, <laughs> come here. Hey, hey, Zion. All right, you right here at the end. 
Yes. Shannon was like, did you tear something? No, I'm good. No, no. Did you tear something? No, 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 no. I think I think you tore it. I think I heard something pop. Come sit right here. <laughs> right here. Can, get, get, can you get him some ice, please? Just relax. <laughs> like, they ain't playing with that Zion pick. So uh, we won't be seeing him again till preseason, October. <laughs> um, but that, that game was a sellout. $400 tickets, summer league game in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the the hype that he brings. So uh, it's no surprise to me that they, they just benched that nigga for, you know, a knee bang. Like, you're already fat. I'm trying to see what <laughs> what league, what um, arena in the league is going to have, uh, like, cheap tickets because every team has gotten better. Like Every team has gotten better, yeah. Home games are going to be ridiculous. But OKC, yeah. you can probably get an OKC uh, ticket for the low. Yeah, you you can get your season pass for, like, 2000 Detroit's another team oh. where, like, you can go and watch the stars come there, but trying to watch a game yeah. in New York, forget about it. Yeah, for real, especially Brooklyn. And Brooklyn used to be the low key. Oh, I, right, I can get cheap tickets to see the. Uh, yeah, like getting in here for a hundred something dollars. These these joints behind the basket. Nah, them joints like three, almost one hundred dollars. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow, it's crazy. Crazy. It's good for the league. They make the money, and then you know everybody gets their bag, and the, the players continue to have control. I like what the players are doing. All these options. This, yeah, they're taking back the control. You know, they're they're meeting each other. Uh, the the story with KD came out was like Brooklyn didn't even know that that he picked them. It was just like, oh yeah 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 yeah, I'm coming here. Make way for make way for me. <laughs> it's like. They didn't even have an opportunity to meet him, pitch him anything. It was just like, oh, my friend's here. I want to come play with my friend. Yeah, I choose you. That's, yeah, that, I don't like that. I mean, I, I like the fact that the players have power now, but I don't like that. If I'm the team that you're actually going to and I'm the last to know that you're coming here, now it's like, oh, well, how do we make room to get him here? Like, that's... It's weird. I mean, they made the room for him. You know what I mean? Like, all of their plays for the past couple of seasons has been to have two max slots so they can get a player like KD there. They always knew it was an option. Like, they had to get his medical records and everything. So, it was on the table. It was always on the table. It was just like, yeah, I don't need to meet. Like, what are y'all going to pitch me? What are you going to tell me? My friend's here. He said to come. I'm coming. Sign me but up. But that's so corny. So, does what that do mean, I, like, if, he, do if Kyrie doesn't go, do you get KD in Brooklyn? Which goes – that's yeah. what I said – Dame said that he pretty much threw this off the glass for us because this is pr- players have more power than management meeting with these free agents. If a player says, my, I'm going yeah. to play with my friend, all you got to do with management yeah. is clear the room, clear the books, <laughs> and make sure to check clear. Yeah. You don't really have to do anything. There's no more pitch meetings. It's just, it's the, it's the play. Like, but, um, Durant, when he went to Golden State, there was the five of them. They got on a on a jet and and flew from San Fran all the way to to the Hamptons. That was that wasn't Bob. <laughs> oh, uh, was the the owner's name Jacob Jacoby, whatever? Like that was the players. Like it's them. Because at the end of the day, we have to play together. So what can, you know what I mean? Like, what can the front office pitch you? 
What can they tell you? Where we? Cre- They're not going to be out there. We, They're not going to be practicing with you. Well, are we, it's going to be us. Are we crediting the Celtics uh, of 08 for this, or is that something management did? But are we crediting? Are we more so crediting LeBron and uh, Bosh for the start of players taking their control back? Um, I would give it to LeBron and them. I would give it to because wasn't K- uh, KG traded? He was traded, and I think um, Allen was traded as well. It wasn't something that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like you know they were free agents and they just came together as friends. I think like that whole camaraderie developed while they were in Boston. But I would I would credit this this whole thing to LeBron because him and D-Way were actual friends. It was just like, oh yeah, I got this situation in Miami. You know, come kick it down here with us. Got it. <laughs> We got a lot going on down here. It's way better than Cleveland. You know, come join, come join me and Bosh. Speaking of <clears throat> Miami, do you want Chris Paul? Because he's another one we're going to get into in terms of, uh, yeah, your time's up, Chris. We, we've tried to let you slide on this podcast a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want him and we like Chris. in Miami? I will take him. I would take him because we have Jimmy Butler there and – Chris is by nature a floor general. Um, he's one of the, the the more truer point guards that we have in the league right now. Um, so yeah, I would take I would take Chris. I'm not excited about the contract um, because it's kind of binding, but that's really um, I, I told Ferns this today. Like that's really Pat Riley's thing. Like he's not really enthused about. Um, rookies and young talent. Like, he likes veterans. He likes to now. And uh, Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul signing is right up his alley. Like, someone who's been in the league, knows the game, knows how to win, has playoff pedigree. Yeah, I'll take him. The contract is not really exciting for me, but um, I think with his style of play and Jimmy Butler as the premier scorer, I think they could do wonders and the East is back week again because Kawhi left and Toronto was kind of, you know, back to baby dinosaurs <laughs> and um, Boston is kind of, you know, up in the air. Al Horford left, Kyrie left. So it was just like a bunch of young guys. Um, Marcus Morris left. So it's really just like Milwaukee and Philly. So, you know, the, 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 with a CP signing, they have a chance to, you know, kind of rise to the top of, the 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 better half of that conference. So does he wear number I three? No, you can't. You can't find you another number, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Change your name, CP zero something. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> Cannot have three. Nope. You remember NBA Jam? No. The two on two game with uh Yeah, I remember I never really not a video gamer, like I'm a sports enthusiast, but video games never really did anything for me. Don't worry, I I'm gonna give you your, your your short introduction here. For those that may not know what NBA Jam is or for the younger ones that are like, What are y'all niggas talking about? NBA Jam was a game that you it was two on two basketball. You pretty much picked the team and it was two players from that team and you played against two players from another team. And they used to have the slogan, he's on fire. Is it the shoe? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. 
In the league right now, if you were playing NBA Jam, what duo would you pick? Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Hmm. Yo, not for nothing. You know, Anthony Davis is mad young. Like, he's a baby. He's very young. And he's very versatile. And then you have LeBron, who is just like, that's LeBron. Like, I'm not picking anybody in the league right now over LeBron. Not even Kawhi. Because to see what LeBron did to Golden State last year in the finals in game one, and for Kawhi not to be able to, like, he wasn't close to anything that LeBron's been in those finals against Golden State, and they were fully stacked, and Kawhi only had, like, moments. Remember, I talked about it up here. It was like his teammates were kind of, like, keeping him afloat, and then when they needed something, Kawhi would give him, like, a quick 12 or something like that. He was having moments. He wasn't dominating the game. Like, LeBron dominated that game one versus Golden State. And if J.R. Smith didn't muck that up, that would have probably been the toughest series than Golden State had anticipated. But that's another story for another day. Um, So, yeah, I'm never picking Kawhi over LeBron because Kawhi just does not dominate the way LeBron does. And I've seen LeBron dominate against some really good teams. I've seen LeBron carry that Cavs team last season with nobody all over to the finals. And Kawhi has not done that. Never in his career. When he got finals MVP, it was around Timmy, it was around Manu, it was around Tony Parker. Pretty much the same thing in Toronto. He had a lot of pieces around him, and he never really dominated those games. So now, nah, I'm going to always take LeBron, and seven-foot Anthony Davis, yeah, I'll take that nigga too. So yeah. A D LeBron. That's my two that's my two. <sighs> to be honest, I don't know what duo I would pick. Um the, the K D Kyrie only because of the shooting. But I wouldn't bet money on I right, take K D Kyrie versus A D LeBron. I I just said I wouldn't put money on them. <laughs> Because LeBron will clamp Kyrie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you ain't going nowhere. I know everything about you. Half of it I taught you. What are you going to do? And the AD is just as long as Durant. So, that'll probably, it'll probably end up being a one on one. (laughs) Do you make them, are they the favorites in your eyes? Yeah. Really? Because, yeah, they're very long, they're very defensive. And they're very injured. Uh, Throw that in there, too. They are. They are. Um, I do think, this is my prediction very early, LeBron will get MVP. I think that he will come back with, like, a vengeance after what happened. The whole debacle, him getting injured for the first time, really, in his career. Um, And just having that season spiral out of control. Players getting injured left and right. The AD trade rumors. Rob Palenka, Magic Johnson, Jeannie Buss debacle. It was just like the perfect shitstorm. And I feel like he's just going to come back. Like, a lot of people forgot about me. A lot of people talked about me. 
I hear you. I'm coming. I'm coming. So I think LeBron's gonna go. Gonna have a hell of a season. He'll be my early MVP vote. I'm saying that now before we even see anybody in training camp preseason, whatever. I'm picking LeBron as my MVP. They're very long. They're very long. They got Rondo back. If Rondo could give him, you know, 60 games, he's long and he has a high basketball IQ. Danny Green, high basketball IQ, very defensive-minded. Uh, AD, LeBron, Kuzma is long. JaVale McGee, they got Boogie. Like, those guys are big. Like What's going to happen big. when they go when other teams go small ball and all you got to do is inbound and get it past the half court mark? Because our, although they're big, that's still slow. I mean, no, you, they're not big. In, you can get the a lot only of run one down that's Probably the only prop, the only one that's probably big and slow is Javale. Javel and we already saw Boogie. He's very, he's already looked like he's lost about thirty pounds. Um, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well because I really feel bad. Like he had that injury and then he lost. He missed out on that that max bag, and he's just kind of been like you know year year deals here and there. Like he did it last year with Golden State. Now he signed a one year deal with the Lakers. Um, so I'm rooting for Boogie. I hope he you know I hope he does well this season. He said his quad is 100 percent healed. So you know fingers crossed. Um, he's lost a lot of weight, so he seems to be locked in and focused. I was hoping he'd read he read up. Be slow. He's big and slow too. He looked really slow. He looked really bad in the finals. I was hoping he'd read he up. Really bad. I was I was hoping he'd yeah. read up, but um, with um yeah. Golden State only because I felt like uh there was unfinished business with that team without KD being there. If yeah, 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 yeah. Say I think what, he was close to want. it, but then. I think he was close to it, but like we talked about it before, players doing the recruiting, and um, he said it. He was like, "AD called Rondo," and it was like, "Yo, you got to be here," and you know they convinced him to come. So it's the player influence again. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Maybe Stephen and and Dre. Maybe they didn't want him there. I don't know. I don't know if they spoke to him or not. But he said that you know AD and Rondo. And even Bronson's a degree was very, you know, vigilant in making sure he signed with the Lakers. That play influence. Um, but yeah, I was hoping he he stayed in Golden State. Uh because they took a chance on him. You know what I mean? Like nobody else was giving him money, nobody else was making calls, nobody else offered him a contract. It was like, all right, we see you, we'll give you a couple million. You come win a ring with us, and they were very close to it, had they not been injured. Um so it would have been nice for him to be like, all right, y'all took a chance on me. Let me get healthy and, you know, try to run this one back. And but people people don't want to mention this, and I don't want to be the guy that does, but it's a fact. Toronto had a series of luck throughout that playoffs. They're the champions. Yes, yeah. they won. Yeah. But they everything – I think Skip said it the best. The basketball gods literally opened the roads and said, hey, here's a ring for Toronto. Yeah. 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 And the fact that, like, the Kawhi didn't even want to go back, it just, like, it makes it even more of, like, annoying. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Toronto has been the butt of everybody's jokes for the past 
six years, five years, LeBron has been sending these niggas off <laughs> in easy fashion. Everybody's just been clowning these niggas, calling them the baby dinosaurs, baby raptors. And then out of nowhere, this nigga Greg wants to, Popovich wants to trade Kawhi and send him to Toronto. That's because he thought it was a bad situation. And it was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he, there's no way I'm going to trade you in the West because I know what you are. I know what you can do. I don't want to see you. Go far east. Not even east. Go out the country. <laughs> go Play with those country. niggas in Canada. Like, don't even stay in the United States. Go to Canada. See how that works out for you. Yeah. Okay. We're we doing pretty good. Missed 22 games, low management. Cool. We're still, we still at the top. Go to the playoffs. Hit a little bump with Orlando. All right. Send these niggas off. Go, go to Disney World. Bye. Next round, who was it? Orlando, Philly. Philly. Philly, you know, that's a battle. They get lucky. Joel and B gets 50 infections. This nigga can't even walk, can't even get out the bed. All right, cool. Go to the, the, the conference finals. The juggernaut of the East. Greek freak. 2-0. Boom. All right. Here we go. Raptors going Raptor. Yeah. Not of nowhere. Four straight games. It was like, wait, what? And I was like, all right, whatever. It's Golden State. Golden State's running through everybody. They ain't got no KD. Still running through everybody. All right. Golden State going to finish these niggas six, seven games. Whatever. Let's, let's see how this works. Game one. All right. Pascal Siakam, 35 points. Draymond's like, that's my fault. I got that nigga next game. That nigga don't score next game. But Mark Gasol, where that nigga come from? It's like, all right, cool. Game three, Danny Green. It's like, wait, 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 what? Hold on. Then Clay don't play. And then KD come back. Pop the Achilles. It's like, all right. Toronto's the champion. It's like the craziest scenario nobody saw coming. For the for the 2018-2019 season. This is like, and then he don't even want to go back. Like, yeah, I had a hell of a time. They did everything they said that they would do. They put the pieces around me. Even at the trade deadline in February, they got more guys. This is a great organization, great team. Masai is a genius. Nick Nurse is a mad scientist. He's crazy. He's smart as hell. We got Drake right here on the sidelines. OBO, XO, you know, my next show. Hey! <laughs> nah, I don't want to go back. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> What? Kawhi's nasty, man. I, I, nasty? You're a nasty nigga, Kawhi. You're a nasty nigga, yo. Kawhi's nasty. Um, For those of you that listen to this podcast or you just are uh, supporters of it and may not even listen to it, we're here for y'all. You, you that don't know sports, you listen to this podcast, we give you enough to just join the water cooler talk. If you just mentioned we got you. some of the topics that we throw out, you don't even have to participate. Just throw them out. Oh, I heard so-and-so got traded to blah, blah, blah. You know what that does? You know how that opens up the conversation? It's like a preacher where they can start a song and then just fade out because everybody else just starts singing all around them. Yep. Get in on the conversation. If you're not a sports fan, we got you covered. Legit. All you got to do is just throw one of these topics out when they're, when they're talking around you. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did hear that trade. Oh, did y'all hear this? We got you. We ain't trying to yeah. make you experts. We just we want you to be a part of the conversation. Just the surface. Just touch the surface of it. Be a part of the conversation. Thank us later, but be a part of the conversation. 
I'm all for the sports stuff until the football season. Uh, if Serena don't come out and win tomorrow, I, I'm done with Serena too. But yeah, Serena, yeah, <laughs> that game was so intense the other day. I was just yelling all of my Insta story. I couldn't help it. Um, but yeah, Serena, you got to bring this one home. I'm really, I really hope she does it because she's had a hard fight back after this baby. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, on the podcast, but that documentary that she had, I think I did, on HBO, it really showed how gruesome and grueling um, and life-threatening that pregnancy was for her. And for her to come back from that and, you know, battling, like, depression and not being able to train the race she really wanted to, like, it was a lot. It was a lot. And... She gonna have. She got to do it. She's this close. And that lady beat you already, Serena. Finals is on. Oh yeah, finals is Saturday, so she already let's beat get you. It. Um, but yeah, if Serena don't, uh, Serena don't beat this little white girl up and down. Um, Wimbledon, Serena, I'm gonna have to re reevaluate. What? Well, not mine. I don't have to reevaluate nothing. Yeah, so. nah, she's she's still a goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I kidding? And um, she's old, like she's really old. So if she does it at this, I think she's like thirty-seven. That'll be an amazing feat in and of itself. I believe nobody her age has ever won a Grand Slam at thirty-seven. So that'll be another moment in history for her. So yeah, and then she would have tied that other white cracker for uh, most Grand Slam. And uh, WTA history. Serena, so there's a lot riding on the. It's a lot riding on the riding on the line for her. I feel like I'm slurring like Pelosi. Serena, um, you're a black queen, and we're rooting for you. Uh, just, just bring it home. Just please. All, all yeah. I want you to do is bring it home, and yeah. that's all I got on you. But another black queen that's getting attacked by you, colonizers. For being a fictional character, Haley. Yeah, I don't understand white people. I really don't like you niggas. (laughs) (laughs) You niggas are something. A fictional character that's made up anyway. That has talking animals as friends, and you niggas are mad because they made a black person the next yeah, mermaid. It was the same people It was the same people that were denouncing Obama, saying, my, that's not my president. It's the same type of racist. Like, it's... When you, when you think about it, when I thought about it, I was like, how stupid. But then, I watched Bill Maher, and he's always he said Americans are so stupid. And it's really, and it's like, all right, like, chill, William. Like, we get it. But when you think about it, Americans are really stupid. Yeah. Like, how, in, in what world can an, an imagination, <laughs> like, this is, this was somebody's imagination that she just drew out or he just drew out and then made a film out of it. Like, this is not real life. Mermaids aren't even real, depending on who you talk to. So, the color 
it really doesn't even matter. Fam, every Disney character back then had the same skin complexion or same color complexion. No Disney character Bruh. was experimented with until they started to get more uh, into better quality production. And when they did, um, who's the, the black Disney princess with the frog? Tiana. Until they did her, nobody was complaining about because Pocahontas was another one that they would, Pocahontas, Milan was when they tried to, you know, play with different diversities and things like that. But every yeah, those those should really be the only ones that aren't altered because those are like cultural stories, like Pocahontas and Milan and Jasmine. Like I feel like those are rooted in cultural situations, Middle East, Japan, and you know, like Native Americans. Like you can't really have a white Native American. Or maybe like even a black one or a Latino one. You know what I mean? So like the stories with cultural connections to it. Okay, I can understand that. But we're talking about a mermaid. A fictitious like mermaid. A fictional, like this is not, come on, like come on, white people. And when the, the, the lady who actually played Ariel came out and said she supported her, I'm like, oh, y'all big mad. Yeah. <laughs> y'all big, big mad. Yeah. But my, my, <clears throat> My my hurt came from that 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 girl. I call her the twins because they play the twins on uh, Grownish, but they're not twins. I think they're two years apart. They really, that messed me um, up when I realized that they weren't twins. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're not twins, really? But um, she was so excited for that moment. Like she was so happy. Like this is a dream come true. Who doesn't growing up want to be a Disney character? You you. Work your whole life. You work hard. You practice. You're singing. Your musicianship. All of that. You get the opportunity. You get a record deal. Okay, you have some opportunities here, there. It's presented to you, Ariel. Me, really, the Little Mermaid. Like, oh my God, what little girl doesn't want to be a Disney princess? Fam, quote unquote. When you go to Disney World, the, the, like. Guys get Mickey ears. This, uh, girls, y'all can go to the Disney shop and get dresses. Y'all can go to the princess. Right. Uh, Teacups, castles. It's like a dream come true was her exact words. And then to have it like... Shit on. You can say shit on. Shit with on. this racial... With the racial... Under, like, nigga, what? For Aria? Come on. Like America, like we've seen low in America, but like we're talking about entertainment and fiction, and and you're trying to color fiction. Like, come on. What I did, come on. What I did enjoy in 2019. That don't matter. Stupid is stupid. What I did enjoy about this whole thing, however, was the Photoshop remakes of them putting white people in black movies. Oh yeah. When I saw them put um, those white people on a cover of Set It Off and Menace to Society. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fam. What about the air butt one when it was like a black retriever? (laughs) 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 Pitch black dogs. (laughs) Fam. Internet is crazy. I was going to say, you niggas on the internet (laughs) and they keep saying the internet is undefeated. I'm convinced. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Whoever these, whoever you are, a bot, please a don't machine, ever stop. I don't know. Please don't, don't ever stop. Don't stop. 
Don't quit. Just keep going. We, we need Please it. Please do not. We need some type of entertainment behind the behind the Michigan guys because uh, I I just don't understand it. Please. I just this one I couldn't wrap my mind around. It was like we're putting racism in Disney stories. Fam. Like I really I really couldn't understand it because I felt like how could that make sense to anybody? Like it's not real. It's not real. The story isn't real. The, the character isn't even real. The only thing that's real is like that flounder. You can actually find a flounder in the sea. And the octopus. Then the crab. It's like, come on. What are we talking about here? Someone, someone told me, and it's blew my mind since, majority of the Disney movies are based on single fathers. When you think about it, Ariel's father, Jasmine, um... Not Snow White, uh, Cinderella. Yeah. When you think about it, every Disney movie is based off of single fathers. Salute to the single fathers. Disney is sick. Disney is Disney is. I saw a tweet for the past seventy something years. Disney princess that she's had the same color, the same color, and this one time. This one time, it's like, come on! But you gotta applaud Disney for at least thinking outside the box and being like, yeah, definitely. Not just definitely. giving us Lion King and be, us being enamored with just Lion King, like, definitely. It, it ain't the definitely. first time Hollywood tried to pass white folk as black. Anyway, uh, that movie I did about Egypt when y'all had all uh, Christian Bale playing. Come on, I don't know if you niggas been yeah, to Egypt, like, but. Come on, Christian. Like, they're not pale like that. <laughs> they got a little color. Well, yeah. Um, a little bit of color. What did you want to get into before we do shows and give these people some popcorn for Serena? I didn't really have anything to get into aside from the sports. Um, I thought about getting into my political bag, but I don't really have the energy right now. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll save it for one of our regular days. We can kick it on some politics. There's a lot happening. Uh, Acosta, uh, Jeff Epstein, nasty, nasty white men. Yeah, Epstein with little girls. Mm. Yeah, we'll get into all of the poli- the. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Um, Uncle Joe is looking a little fishy these days. It's like, hmm. You was at the cookout with Obama, but now Obama went <laughs> Obama went back to work somewhere else, and we, he left you at the cookout, and you started talking a lot, and now we're kind of looking at you sideways, Uncle Joe. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it. I'll, I'll bring it up another day, one of our regular days. What do you got for a show? Because I got, um, I, ironically, as we talk about uh, white people and them just being, uh, as Bill Maher says, just stupid. Uh, I'm going to say there's a show on Hulu called Letter Kenny. Yeah. My sister, avid listener of the show, Kim, uh attempted to get me to watch it and I tried to shut her down because I'm like, I'm not watching this show about uh, white Canadian farmers, but 
it's like uh, <laughs> the humor is uh, the humor is there, and they they make fun of because uh, they break it down into three groups. There's rednecks, there's farmers, and then there's a uh, they call them skids, and that's just like the musical gothic people. But okay. yeah, Letter Kenny, that's on Hulu. Uh, it's 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 nice humor where white folk making fun of white folk. Uh, the return of Snowfall. <clears throat> Rest in peace, John Singleton. Yes. Uh, so yeah, season three, I believe, episode one. Season three, if you haven't watched, out now on FX. Yeah. You can go back and catch up because it's not long at all. Um, really dope show. Uh, yeah, this season is gonna be great. I want to see how they come out of this. Fifty said power is actually not over, but they're trying to. They got another season left, or they got more seasons, but he did come out and say Paul was not finished. Uh, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm here. I want to see what happens. I'm here. I, I mean, I want to see what happens out of curiosity, not like, you know what I mean, like how we were waiting for Game of Thrones because it was just that great. Like how I waited for Little Big, Big Little Lies because it's just that great. Like how we wait for a Handmaid's Tale because it's just that great. Like I waited for Power to be like, all right, like how do you, how are you, how are you guys gonna end this thing? Like, that's what I'm trying to that's, see. I just because the trailer got me. Yeah, hooked. it's not like oh my god, like Jesus Christ, Power is back. Nah, what's gonna happen with Tariq? That's just tell me. Uh, that, Somebody that's what's part that of the, the trailer. Trailers like, leading up to make it seem like it's gonna be him and Tommy against the uh, Ghost. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. They did that last the last season, like that whole Tommy against Ghost thing that lasted like four episodes. I'm uh, I'm just gonna watch because I gotta know. But I'm giving my prediction on uh power. Not highly anticipated for me. My prediction for power, uh Tommy and Ghost go at each other for half the season until Tommy screws up because he's a horrible drug dealer. Uh and Ghost <laughs> has to get him out of this uh his issues with the connect. That's what I feel like is going to happen. I can see that. But one of them going to jail. One of them going to jail. Tommy. I can see that. It's got to be Tommy. Tommy's never been in jail. He has not. He's got saved every single All time. All years. Yeah. Killing everybody. Running mm-hmm. around in that old car. Like this thing. And, and okay. We'll see. We'll see. Is Courtney Kemp back for the season? I don't know. I think Courtney dipped after last season. Um, but I, I'm in no position to know if she's actually gone or she took a lesser role or she got them the what five seasons. So yeah, she almost ruined ruined season six by telling us that Angela wasn't dead one day after the show aired. Yeah. I didn't forgive you for that, Courtney, but whatever. Did anybody think Angela was really dead? Uh, did we think that? A lot of people did. A lot of people thought finally and cheered. <laughs> oh, man, power. I'm, I'm, Come on, August, get here already so we can get over with this. I'm sticking with my sons, maybe the best show where from beginning to end, Everything was tied together in the finals episode, final season, final episodes. 
I'm so I still yeah I still may stick with that uh Sons yeah. being up there as that show that wrote a story from beginning to end but also gave you tied up loose ends and you didn't go walk away feeling like what Yeah, Veep did that for me too, but Veep was a comedy and it was a lot shorter. It was only half hour episodes. Um so the longevity of Sons, it's really impressive. I think Veep only made it. It was a few seasons. I think it was like six, six seasons, five or six. But the episodes are really short. Um, Julia got sick, so I don't know if that was, you know, a, a deciding factor on ending it. But from beginning to end, it was just like the cohesion was there. It was never lost on you what was happening. The finale was like, all right, we wrap this up close these ends. There's nothing left to be said here. This is it. Um, I, so I do agree with you. Sons did that for me. Uh, Veep on the comedic side has done that for me. Um, yeah, I would probably have to think about more series. Maybe that have, but right off the top, yeah, definitely Sons and Veep. There, there's some of our favorite shows where there was serious finales and then they went and did movies because things still weren't like tied up. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that, I think that's the, the cheesy way out by doing a movie because you you had all the time in the world to actually tie up the series and bring the series to an end. But yeah, your series waited a arm, leg, back, moonlight, buzz light year, years to do that movie. They were pressured. And it showed. They were pressured. And it showed in the box office. They were pressured. It was, it was, it was terrible. I don't understand. And that's, that's part of my beef is uh, when you have something that good and you want to let it go, let it go. Let it go and let it go with a bang. You've carried us all these seasons. You've got us hooked. You've made some of us cope. Like you built this this following where you have people actually defending your show. Go out. Did it need a movie? No, no, it didn't. To be honest with you, I think the movie was made because people were wanting them to bring bring the season back, and it was like, all right, all right. If you guys keep asking, we'll give you a movie. But there was no there was no reason at all for the movie. Yeah, sorry to hear that. You can say the uh, same about Sex in the City. There was no, I can't. Sorry. I'm saying from a standpoint of they could have wrapped that up in the show. It didn't need a movie. Oh yeah, they could have, but they purposely left it open for a movie. But th- that's what I'm saying. It was done on purpose for a movie, but it still could have been pieced together as a show. Hey, we're getting a box set of Sex in the City. Great series. I don't want to get the box set of Sex in the City and then have to go buy the two movies <laughs> in addition. No, yeah, well, I have, so. I mean, it happens. We, we, we do that for our favorites, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. You Negroes and you colonizers get your excuses ready for Monday. Uh, that's all I have. <laughs> I will holler at you Negroes next week.
And uh, yeah, we out of here. Yes, sir.